You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, this is Lee Fuller, and you are tuned in to the Bible in Real Life. Today, we are going to be talking about the teens. I know, I know. This generation here, this right here, you know, I don't know. I can't pull my hair out, but I would if I could, because this generation here has caused a lot of people to rethink how we do ministry, to rethink how we uh, engage with the youth and uh, parents. It allows us to rethink uh, how we will deal with the kids, because we kind of know from when we were kids, but now we have to deal with our kids and these teenagers. So tune in, make sure today you are locked in. Parents, get some notes out because this, this right here, I know I say it every podcast and you should subscribe and listen to me say it every podcast, but this right here is going to be an episode you want to bookmark and share with your friends. So I'm going to bring on guests today uh, from a local ministry and we're going to meet them and we're going to be talking about how to engage the youth in ministry and deal with teens in real life. Are you ready for it? Well, without further ado, I want to introduce to you Minister Val Moss, who is a minister at Love First Christian Center. And also I want to minister, I almost said minister. Uh Uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh, uh-oh. I also want to introduce to you Miss Cece. She is a very um, involved and essential uh, person in the in the team ministry at Love First Christian Center, and she's going to be able to give us some direct insights as well. So, welcome to the podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Glad you could make it. So, I in my on my social media channels, we got a lot of people asking about teens and how we can minister to this teens. And we're going to get into that today. But before we get into that, you know, I want to get to know you just a little bit. So I got a couple this or that. So Minister Val, tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee? Okay. Coffee. Tea. I love tea. Loosely. Really? Like the green tea or like the the food food? Like oolong tea, black tea, herbal tea. I'm, I'm she wants a tea shot. <laughs> oh, so you in it for real, for real. Okay. Oh, for real, for real. My yeah. gift was like two different tea sets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. Um, I don't know if you all are sports fans, but football or basketball? Which would you rather watch? Football. Okay. Okay. Basketball. I prefer really. Basketball. I do. Really. Mm-hmm. I did not know. See, here on the Bible in Real Life podcast, we learn something new every day. <laughs> okay. Question for you. Which, and we'll start with Minister Val. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Really? Why? Just because the ambiance. When Christmas starts to roll around, everybody gets happy, all the decorations. It reminds me of the Lifetime and the Hallmark channels. Everything is just so joyous. I love the holidays. Oh, wow. Okay, (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. I'm going to have to piggyback off of that and say Christmas. I have always loved Christmas. For me, Christmas starts as soon as what? I would say September if I could, but (laughs) November... I start yeah. Christmas. I don't I don't want to take stuff down until the end of January. So mm-hmm. Christmas is a long thing for me, but it's not even for the gifts or anything. It's, it's like she said, the ambiance, the feelings, the camaraderie, the mm-hmm. every just everything from it. The lights. I love seeing lights. Um okay. it just it makes you feel nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I do think that people just tend to um be a little nicer, you know, mm-hmm. smile a little more around Christmas. I wonder if we can bottle up that that Christmas spirit right? and use it like the whole year, please. Right? 
Right. I'm walk around with a bottle that says Christmas on it. Okay. Right. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it just be spraying people. It's like a like a, like a Windex <laughs> bottle. Be like, see, you have a little bad attitude. Not throwing it on them like holy oil. oil. Merry Christmas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, perfect, perfect. So, uh, one question that I'm I'm looking to, um, I, I I think this would be a good question, and I haven't asked all my guests this yet, but I'm going to test it out on you. So, uh, to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, can you tell us about your conversion experience? Like, do you remember? I know some people wrote in their Bible the day they met the Lord and all that. Uh, but can you give us a, I know now it's only our podcast. Okay. So <laughs> we can't get into the whole testimony because I'm, I'm on with ministers and I know we can go there, but, um, <laughs> How, how were you introduced to the Lord, uh, Minister Val? Um, I was 22 years old at a revival, at a revival. And I just remember they did an altar call. And, that, and at the altar call, they asked if you wanted to be saved. And of course, I did the salvation call. Okay. And after I gave my life to Christ, the evangelist that was there came over laid his hands on me right after I did the salvation call. And he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all I knew was I hit the ground. When I hit the ground, I think I was down for a while because when I got up, the other girls were telling me you were speaking in tongues and I don't remember, I didn't remember it. And I was dizzy. I didn't know what was happening. So it was foreign to me. I didn't know what was going on. Okay. But I remember from that day on, Things started to change. And I knew I had later on, I learned that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so from that day on, I just started to walk with the Lord and worked on changing my life because nothing was ever the same, ever, right. ever. Okay. All right. I'll never uh, forget. It. Oh, hers was short and sweet. I'll try. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I've always been in the church. Uh, I always considered myself a Christian. I went to church with my grandmother all the time, to all churches, aunts and all that, until I went to college. And then that just stopped because I had a choice. <laughs> and then I went back to uh, church again, got baptized, came home, stopped going again. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, was in, I wasn't in a good relationship. I was thinking about moving in with that person. And the blessed place of Starbucks is where I met uh, <laughs> a prophetess. And she just asked me a simple question. And she started with, um, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And I remember my response was, I hope so. <laughs> so uh, I believe so. So she was like, yeah. Have a seat. <laughs> and okay. we talked and we talked and I cried and we prayed. And I, this is all in the front of Starbucks <laughs> Okay. with my drink. Right. And from that day on, it's as if the scales has fell from my eyes and I start like seeing God for who he is. Um, I, my grandmother gave me a prayer to, to speak over our food all the time. I didn't even know it was scripture. Mm. <laughs> I've been praying in my entire life. Okay. And then I was praying scripture until after that. So I was like, what else is it that I have been missing? So uh, after that day, it's just like a whole new walk, a whole new, almost a whole new life. Like almost like coming from a dull world to a world of color. And it's just exploring each part of it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that turned out really good. I might have to, that might be a question that I add to each student because it's so interesting to number one, see how people come to Christ, but also see the various circumstances and the various ages. Mm -hmm. I know for me, there used to be this, um, the one that I can remember, the earliest one that I can remember was uh, in, in Florida, they used to have this thing, Crusade for Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So they used to they'd take all the kids and they would go down to this, this campground almost, right? And I remember as a little kid, you know, realizing that, hey, I'm a sinner. And so I repeated the prayer. You know, I prayed with the, um, with the, I guess, evangelist, you know, or 
people that put on crusades for Christ, right? Um, and so I started when I was, uh, you know, grew up in the church. So as a, I don't know, maybe middle schooler, right? So a lot of those teen years mm-hmm. um, had to navigate trying to love the Lord and going to church. So those were very formative years that I'm so glad my mom was so involved in, you know, in keeping me on the right path and training and teaching us. So I, I know a lot of parents today are trying to figure out, hey, how do I introduce my child to Christ and as a teen, but also how do we guide them through those teenage years and those formative years so that when they do get older, you know, there was something instilled in them. But I feel like I'm preaching, but uh, I want to ask the question. Uh, so first, when should parents start having this this conversation with the teens about, you know, their salvation or their walk with God? Either one. Um, I can't hear you, Cece. Uh, oh. The dog was barking. I forgot to put it on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's that with you, Yesterday, they, start yesterday. It's okay. um, the the later you wait, the the more you're playing with it. Um, I know when I before I got baptized when I was in college, I just kept saying I I have to live life. I'm not going to do it yet. I have to get this done. I'm not going to do it yet. And then God was like, Yo, tomorrow's not promised. Like you keep pushing it for tomorrow. I might call you tomorrow. So you want to do that today. So you should be doing it yesterday. They're old enough to understand the talk. And to be honest, sometimes they're waiting for it. Mm. Um, Sometimes they want to hear from you. If they see you in church and see you doing things and uh, see you giving God praise and doing all this stuff, but you never really talk to them about it, you're leaving it up to their interpretation leaving it up for them to figure it out rather than giving them all the information that you have and the tools that you have readily available to you so that they can also come to an understanding because they are human beings. They are, they may be minors, but they have a mind of their own and they're able to take in that information and use it to uh, create their own salvation, their own story. And maybe someone else who witnessed to them can give them that further knowledge, but at least they have something to put it up against. Because if you don't know anything, you'll fall for anything. Okay. That's good. That's good. For me, you know, if you're a household of faith, the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way that they should go. That way, when they're older, they won't depart from it. And how early on should that start? At the very beginning. Babies understand. One-year-olds understand. No. They understand I'm selfish. They understand, you know, this is mine. So even as early on as you can, you have to begin to teach them. Because as Cece said, when our children grow up, they will make their own decisions. They will go their way. But the Bible tells us that they won't depart from it, which means when they have a need, they're going to know who to call because they know the type of household that they were raised up in. I would have a question for you, Minister Lee, if I could ask. Hmm. You have two beautiful young girls. At what age did you start with them? Right. Oh, very good question. So we... Um, when they were a kid, right? Because I remember when I was a kid, there was these little tapes when you're going to sleep and these little Bible stories, right? <laughs> so yeah, I read about Cinderella and and um, Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. but they also learned about Rachel and Leah. They mm-hmm. learned about little baby Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And actually now um, I make sure so before they can get on their devices, right? Because they do have their little device. Um, th- I put the Bible app on their phone, I mean, on their little tablet stuff. And whenever I see them on the device, I say, hey, did you already do the, it's like a youth version um, that they have to, have to go through. Cause I'm like, hey, before you get consumed with this, you really need to, um, to see, and then I'll ask them, hey, what was your Bible verse about today? Well, it was about forgiving people and blah, blah, blah. So I start as early as possible, you know, train up a child, like you said, uh, on the way they should go. So, yeah. So you're actively involved in that as well. Like you just, you just didn't pass them a Bible and say, figure it out. Or, 
you know, okay. here's a quick story, but you you are actively asking questions, yeah. making it real, um, finding applications for it, um, asking questions and make sure that they're receiving and processing okay. correctly. So mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, you know how children are. They'll, they'll hear something yeah. and be like, oh, wow, he did this. Like, is he this? And you're like, no, no, that's not what that means. Right, right, <laughs> actively right. Actively involved so that you're able to see where their mind frame is going. I think that, that's something to be um, added to, is to be involved in their salvation, involved in their walk. That's good. Yeah, because I believe the parents, now, as a minister, uh, it's kind of forefront in my mind, but do you see that parents kind of have this responsibility uh, forefront in their mind as well, or you don't see it as often with parents in general? Every parent is different. Okay. So if you're asking me from my perspective, from what I see from the students that are in our um, care when we see them, from the things that they say, okay. not too much. I mean, it's, sure. you know, everybody's growing. Right. Um, Right. But our students go through so much. Mm -hmm. And I always try to ask them, okay, how is home life? And that okay. plays a big part. I'd probably say maybe 5 to 10% maybe actively engaged on the forefront. Okay. Would you agree, okay. Cece? Yeah, yeah. It, it is a small percentage. But at so the same time, be it's, um, I also want to go back to what they grew up in. Okay. Like if you weren't taught how to be involved, what to do, you okay. kind of don't know what to do. So you follow that pattern. And that's something I've learned with every aspect of life. And that's what working with multiple types of people is did their parents learn that from their parents or that parent from another parent or anyone else was able to pour into them and give them that insight or knowledge that you should be involved, not only in their schoolwork, but in what they do at church. Yeah and what they do in their after-school programs. Yes. Um, if it's not taught to them, well, here we are. You know, they just show up and go home. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. But if you didn't tell them, hey, we're here. You can come and talk to us. You can come and be involved. You can't just sit in the classroom maybe once a, a month or once a quarter just to hear what's being said. Um, you can ask them what they learned as soon as they leave. And uh, okay. probably give them a notebook. You can you can be actively involved, but if they're not told that, then pretty much everyone goes with the flow. You just go on your section. I, I'll be in mine, and right. I can go home and continue yeah. home life. When I was a school teacher, I had a parent tell me <clears throat> that it was your job to educate my children, mm -hmm. and to her, I responded. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, Lord, help me keep my job. But, <laughs> but to her, I said, you know, it works better if we're working together. Yes. Right? Because yeah. I can reinforce some of the things that you're doing at home, and you can reinforce some of the things that I'm doing at school for the for the betterment of the kid. Right? So for those parents that that are nervous and not and not quite sure how I can partner with a, a teen ministry to to help my kids. What are some one or two tangible takeaways for for the parents that may be listening? I would probably say definitely ask questions to be involved. They may not give you the answer, but at least they're aware because our biggest um, things that we hear is my parents don't listen. Okay. What does that mean, my parents don't mm. listen? So okay. that's one of the takeaways parents can take is to really listen, listen to their student, non-objectively and not ready to give an answer. Let me just hear you out. I just want to hear you out. And I may not even comment right now. Let me just see what you have to say. Okay. And then, you know, and we'll return to it. So that's definitely, definitely one takeaway. Okay. Very good. Listening. Ooh. Um, you can seek out leadership. We're, we're family. <laughs> we're available. Yeah. Um, okay. And don't be afraid to ask too many questions. Trust me. 
we get it all the time, all mm -hmm. types of questions. Um, even those who like, uh, I just answered that, but we'll answer it another way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you just, just, just reach out. That's all I have to say. Reach out. Um, and then let God do the rest. Cause uh, once you, once you put in the work, everything tends to fall in line. Okay. You know, and, and transparency, you know, mm -hmm. as parents, we always want to shield our children from maybe certain things if we're having a bad day, why we're having a bad day. Transparency, not so much to tell them everything, but to let them know and to be honest, I'm having a bad day. Work didn't go so well. Give me a few and then, you know, we can talk about it. So it just depends on where, you know, their student is at, but definitely transparency always works. It's always good. Let me ask you this. So for some of the parents that may not realize some of the things, you know, for that parent that hasn't been as um, communicative with their team, right? What are some issues that parents may be unaware that teens are actually dealing with because they haven't talked to them on a, uh, recently? A lot. Ooh. Relationship <laughs> issues, mm -hmm. like relationships, not even just boyfriend and girlfriend, but peer to peer um, relationship issues with their teachers. Um, mm -hmm. You have emotional imbalance, not knowing to do with, what to do with their emotions. Like I'm angry, so I don't know how to show that or deal with that. So I, I'm going to lash out or I get quiet. Um, but you can't really talk to your parents about it because they interpret it their way and they don't listen when I tell you I'm actually upset, but I'm not showing that I'm upset or I'm actually sad and mad, but I'm showing you that I'm, you know, something else. Um, so creating that safe space for them to tell you everything that they're feeling, or at least have the opportunity to without being judged. Um, do you feel that parents want to know everything? Or well, do they think they want to know? Parents actually get the opportunity to, to have everything, to hear everything, because they okay. created that space where the things you want to keep private is okay, but they feel comfortable enough to put out the stuff that most teens will keep to themselves because that space is it's open and it's non-judgmental and it's a place where I can divulge and let everything out and know that you're not going to correct me immediately. You're hear me and then we can work towards a solution. Um, another issue um, is, is school period. Like anytime we bring up the topic of school, it's like a fire is lit and they go in. <laughs> so, um, when they're not doing well in school, they tend to just either let it be or they are stressed beyond stressed. And sometimes that comes from home. Um, so just giving them the leniency to fail, but also the tools to learn from that failure that yeah. you're not bad if you didn't do well. But let's look at how you failed, what you did when you, you know, when that didn't work out. And let's implement a new way for you to do so. And then the last thing. Um, so far is division of, um, ooh, how should I put this? Division of responsibility in a household um, with multiple children. Uh, sometimes some of the kids will say, I have to help with this. I have to help the, my, my brother would do this. My brother do that. My little sister do this. And then by the time I have time for myself, it's only a little bit of time or I want to do this, but then my brother's always asking for this, or my little sister needs that. So we help them with that balance that you can still have that relationship with your siblings, but also have time for yourself. So as a parent, we could possibly help them have that time to themselves when they do get home. So it's not always uh, everyone's time um, on them because they, they are at home doing homework, trying to figure out life and if we're talking about our high schoolers, they're trying to figure out what college I'm going to and any other programs they would like to be interested in. Well, you brought up some good topics. I didn't think that would be important to teens. Any, any you want to add? Yes. So your question again was, I just want to make sure I, I answer it correctly. What's your question? Repeat your question yeah. for what are what are topics that parents may be unaware that teens okay. are dealing with? Okay. 
Um, from my experience, from what I've come to have learned and have been informed and come to know is our teens are challenged with the things that govern their nature. Meaning I know students are challenged with pornography. I know students are challenged with drugs. I know that students are challenged with, you know, if, you know, a parent is in the home, which is a step parent things, um, and they don't want to tell anyone. Our students, they, they're challenged with suicidal thoughts. They're challenged by peer pressure from other students, just wanting to fit in and wanting to be like. Um, and so their challenges, and I don't, I don't blame technology, but it has really opened the door and given them such an avenue for exposure and adds to, you know, the challenge. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's, let's touch on the technology because that's one piece that I didn't have to deal with as a parent. Right. And, and even as a child, like, I think people had beepers. I know. I don't want to, I'm not going to tell how old I am, but <laughs> you were cool when you had a beeper. And if you had one that you can actually type a two-way pager, what? Remember right? codes? Remember codes? <laughs> 911? Yes. And so my mom was like, no, you can't have one because drug dealers have beepers. Right? <laughs> so yes. that was the, hey, yes. um, are you a doctor? Because in our neighborhood, either the doctors or the drug dealers had the beepers. So, you know, you're not going to have one. But now technology is so advanced now where the world is literally in their pockets. So how do you or how should parents um, try to engage their children in this new world with technology so available? That's so funny, Minister Lee, you mentioned that because parents do it in so many different ways and they have to do it in a way that they have their own comfort level. For instance, I've seen where students have had their phones locked down at a certain time where the parents can just lock it down and they don't have access after a certain time. Okay. I've seen parents remove the technology for seasons from them, um, you know, in, in times because of our sin nature. One, we can't expect our students to be perfect. That's not going to happen. Okay. Number two, everything that we've been discussing kind of is expected because if they got that friend and if they go away from the house, that element is out there in the world. Okay. And we just need to help them to say yes to the right choices, no to the wrong ones. But we understand the nature. So what can they do? I would say monitor the best they can, which means... You know, if you're in my roof, I need the passcode. I can look at your phone anytime. Guess what? Okay. I'm going to check it. And they hold their students accountable because when our students are held accountable, they're less prone to go into that direction of thinking they can do what they want to do when they want to do it okay. on, on, on our devices, on their devices. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, I'll have to agree. Monitor. Definitely monitor it. Um, and be real about the, the, the online world is that, mm -hmm. um, once you put it out there, it's out there. there, there's no removing it. There's no taking it down. And as we have seen so many politicians fall for this is they put something on their social media way back when, and then all of a sudden it's coming back <laughs> up to them and they have to resign. Yeah. So all this work, all this money into my education, yes. <laughs> right. one mistake has put right. me in this place where I can't, I have to apologize to the people, remind yeah. them that I was young, but also I got to step down because of the actions that I took, even though it was done in the past. So right. always be aware of what you put up because it, it, it never goes away. You may delete it, but trust me, the internet has it. So someone mm -hmm. can pull it up. So any picture, any post, any opinion that you may have, is going to be critiqued and it may be used against you. So be very careful what you put out. And I want to know what you put out. Let's have a discussion. Why did you put that on your page? Uh, or why do you think that way? Yeah. Um, at least so we understand their frame of mind and where they're coming from. Um, okay. we, we haven't run into this issue, but a lot of times when students lash out 
or you get those um, uh, students that bring a weapon or a gun to school, a lot of times they haven't talked at anything. Uh, they just post things and then it becomes a red flag to those around them. And, you know, now schools have that see something, say something. But before, mm -hmm. no one checked it. No one right. cared. So it right. just became a platform to just spray out my my hatred and my issues and my problems. And then we don't check it until after everything is done. Okay. <laughs> now it's like, oh, he was dropping crumbs, you know, the whole time he's just <laughs> dropping crumbs and we didn't see it. So as a parent, you can see it by going through their social media, their Twitter, their Instagram, their TikToks, their Facebook, if they have it, because they told us that's for old folks. So I don't think they have Facebook anymore. <laughs> but Snapchat, all of these avenues, um, going through it, asking those questions, having that conversation, and not so quick to uh, uh, reprimand them on it, but more so come to an understanding. Um, because you, I, I know for us as kids, once you get reprimanded on something, either you hide it better or you stop doing it. It's usually one or the other. <laughs> so you either find a way to do it better or you stop doing it. And a lot of times we don't stop doing it. <laughs> able to have that discussion with someone about why I put that about what I'm going through, about my thought process, I'm more likely to change what I put rather than try to hide it. Well, I have the right to express myself though. So, you know, because I am an individual, I am, I am wise, <laughs> hear me roar, whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, should they limit how they express themselves or like what, what's that to, conversation? To that to that, and we always explain to the students because we go into these conversations and they take us there. Uh -huh. I remind them, you are learning to be a Christian. That is the difference between you and everyone else. So your standards, how you present, all is dependent and predicated on what we believe in this house. So in this house, you're not going to wear that shirt that's way down here and that skirt that's way up there. You're going to better put an inch or two more on it and be happy that you get to wear the colors. So that's how I always bring it back to the students. This is our mindset. So, yes, you can express yourself, but show me how to express yourself in the context and the content of Christ. Ah, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. And then, now um that there's always consequences to your actions. You can say what you want. You can do what you want all the time, mm -hmm. but there's always a consequence, good or bad. So if you want to express yourself in that way, just be ready for the consequences that come with that. But right. also remember that you're set apart, not to be a part of the world. So if he sets you apart, that means you're going to do things differently than most people. And as Ms. Val, Minister Val has said, uh, we remind them consistently that uh, you are going to do things differently. You're going to have to go against that flesh. Yes. When a student does something to you or say something, that flesh riles up. You're going to have to be that person that pushes it back down, regardless of what other people call you, a wimp, uh, whatever it is that they say nowadays. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to push it aside and know that I'm doing this for a bigger purpose. This is beyond you. And I try to remind them that some people may remember, and that's a small may, remember the things that you've done in high school, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about the small things or the things people say, but your actions and how you treat people and how you make them feel will always follow you. And it's only for a season. It really is. It's just for a season. So let's make this season the best one by making the right decisions. Let's keep God in those decisions. Let's ask for guidance in those decisions. Let's take a deep breath and do our, okay, pray, <laughs> stop, uh, analyze and then proceed like let's let's do a process before we react immediately to the situation and involve god in that decision because he wants to be in every single decision we drive that every time every okay. single decision no matter how small or how big because once right. you start involving him in everything it'll be easier to involve him in the bigger things when they come and i think a challenge for parents is we've always got to be forever learning as much as we can Okay. Uh, about their world. Mm -hmm. Because when they come to us and ask us these questions, we want to be able to give an answer that will be a moment for reflection for them. Such as, I want to express myself. Can you do it in the context and content of Christ? What You tell me, what does that look like? Mm 
Can you? Right. Or do you just want to go this route because that's what everybody else is doing? Okay. So parents really have to do their due diligence as well. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I think one of the one of the most important things that that we could do as a parent is kind of making sure that they have that God consciousness to what they're doing, yes. right? Uh, because the world is going to give you the world's perspective. So Come on. We, um, in, uh, I got a, a message, it's in Corinthians, but it talks about, Paul said, in, in order to get, in order not to interact with idolaters or just various people, you would have to leave the world, right? Mm. So they are here. This is this is reality of what's yes. in the world, but by teaching that God consciousness, I don't have to react or think or act this certain way because there is an alternative, right? Yeah. And then you know, trust that the, the teaching that you're giving them, you yeah. know, allows them to, uh, and the Holy Spirit brings back that that. That good angel. I remember as a kid, I don't even know if they still have them on cartoons, but it was like yeah, on your shoulder, the little angel and the little devil, right? You got to be like, go ahead, little devil. Little angel, a uh, little white angel. I'm sorry. Um, but very good, very good. Um, you know, and to that minister Lee, our students and even children are like sponges, mm. which means they're constantly watching. And okay. if there's constantly watching and they see things that are not lining up by what comes out of our mouths as parents, that can be a hindrance as well. Okay. Speak on that a little bit more. What type of things could be a hindrance or what are they seeing? Such as if, if, if a parent doesn't either listen to the child or they're telling them to do certain things or how to live and govern their lives. A parent says, don't drink, but they see mom and dad having a drink. And that drink that mom and dad has leads to them fighting later on because maybe mm -hmm. they had too much to drink. Well, this is gonna be like, you're telling me not to, but I see that you do, I'm a little confused. So if right. you say it's okay, but then you say it's not okay. Right. And that can happen on any type of level before mm -hmm. anything within the household. That's why it's so important if you are a household of faith and you are rearing and bringing up children to be that example. It goes a long way. And I tell you, just a quick, it was funny. So yesterday after I finished sharing Bible study, two little boys came over and they just came over, sat on the stage next to me and just started talking. And he saw you were up there. And I said, yes, I was. He said, were you nervous? I said, yes, I was nervous. I was very nervous. Mm -hmm. And you know what he asked me? He says, mm -hmm. can I be up there? I said, of course you can. When the time comes, that's where you'll be. It's because the child saw and what okay. he saw, he wanted to imitate. That's good. And what he wanted to imitate, he pursued. That's good. And so it's really important as parents that our children see exactly what we are trying to, or what we want to see of them. Right, right. Yeah, it's a lot easier. I tell people, um, <clears throat> Jesus became a man, a human being, so we could see <laughs> what it looks like to be, you know, a God-like human being. Yeah. Right, because he had given the word. Yeah. It's possible. Hey, here's the word. Here's the word. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You need an example, and yeah. I will be that example. And I think now, parents can. Now that's be... the Bible in real life, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Parents, exactly. we we should be that example because more things are caught than taught. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. And on that note, with more things are caught than taught is a pray, prayer. I know we didn't mention that quite yet, but um, we ask our students to pray a lot and they get so nervous mm. and then they want to back down or they do a real quick one. And it's like, <laughs> you're just talking to God, just, just mm -hmm. start talking. So right. we have to slowly bring them in that. But as a parent, you can start praying with them out loud, giving them a chance to pray so that they get in a habit of prayer um, that they 
get to a place where prayer is so common that if somebody asks me to pray, we we get right into it. You know, it's right. not too much of a problem. Um, or I'm not so nervous because that's what we do at home. I always pray. I always mm-hmm. pray. We had a few students that would come in and it was just pray the roof off. And we just be like, mm-hmm. Lori, <laughs> what else are we going to do in this ministry? <laughs> right. right. Um, and then we have others that we have seen where once we show them what it means, what it what it looks like to pray. Once okay. we uh, give them the opportunity to pray, they seem to grow right in front of us. And yeah. we had a few of them that just went from like little babies to saying his baby prayer to right before they graduated, he's giving a sermon. He Come got on. and everything. He got victim keys <laughs> and everything. You just see that growth because they have it embodied in front of them for so long. But as you said, more is caught than taught. So just doing that, praying for them, showing them what prayer is, praying mm-hmm. out loud and, yeah. and living out that prayer. Because I know a lot of times we only come in prayer when we need it, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, right? Or prayer when things are not going my way. So yeah, then right? there, goes the, there goes the needy prayer. But they yeah. also have to see the thankful prayer, the uh, the glorifying prayer, the prayer yeah. where I'm just down here just to be down here prayer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, they understand that there's so many different ways you can communicate with God. It doesn't have to be one way. And it doesn't have to sound one particular way because as, uh, as our pastor, Pastor Joma would, she'll have a conversation with him like he's talking to another person. And then mm-hmm. the next person would have Father God all throughout their prayer. Then you have another person that'd be like, Lord Jesus. I am <laughs> and that's pretty much where they start. They sit there for a minute and just say, I'm here. <laughs> so you have so many different prayers and just introducing the students to that. It gives them an avenue to reach out to God when you're not there, because we're not always going to be available to them. They're going to run into students that have issues that okay. they don't know what to do with, because we had them come to us. And it was like, Miss Cece, uh, so-and-so had this issue going on, and I really wanted to do something for them, but I didn't know what to pray for or how to pray. I'm okay, let's pray now. <laughs> okay. Let's figure that out now, and I want you to go back to them tomorrow and pray for them just like we're doing today. Right. But once they have those tools before it comes up, Wow, what what a change that'll be in their environment for someone yeah. to walk by and listen to them saying a prayer for yeah. someone that, that don't even take long, but sincere and to the point. Right, right. You know, the yeah, there's so many. It, it's it sounds like <laughs> like if we if we take teens off of the topic of the conversation, like <laughs> these are things adults need to be doing too. And, it is, but I, I think. Once we understand that the Christian walk is, um, you know, it just continues to grow along with where you are, right? Because in the Bible, we see young Samuel that's serving in the temple and we see him praying. And then we see old Samuel, right? So there is that that consistency that that, um, just comes with staying with God, you know, being with him. I, I do want to ask a question. Um, how important is it for Christian parents to make sure their teens are around other Christian teens? How important? Right. right. If I had to say on a scale of one to 10, I'd say it was a 20. <laughs> I'd okay. Say- because again, we'll go back to the word. The word says, you know, that we need to fellowship with like-minded, you know, individuals, fellowship with the body of Christ, the people right. of God, because we build one another up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, that's on, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a must factor. And that's why I think uh, teen ministry and children ministry are so important, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know when I was a kid and maybe, Maybe this was your experience too. When we were at school, you know, this same group of people that I'm hanging with, we talked about math and science and football and girls or whatever, right? But when this same group of people were at church, we talked about the Bible and God and love and, and you know, peace and living holy. Um, and... It was so interesting to see that, okay, these same people are believers. So sometimes that conversation began to merge where 
now we're at school saying, hey, you know what? I I probably should forgive, you know, mm-hmm. someone you know, right? Yes. And, and that just because you you start to see, because some conversations don't come up, you know, unless you bring them up, right? Right, right. And church is one way to bring it up around, around other teens so you start to see uh, that spiritual mentality that some of the teens have. Have you seen that? Right. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, with the ones who 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 are really trying, we we see that. And then there's other ones, their parents, you need to go. I think that sometimes while we have such a different group at different events, mm. summer camp, we get a group of kids. Who's this? I'll be asking CC, who's this? Who's this? We don't know their, their parents. You need to go. <laughs> when we go to other outings, we may get a different group. When we did the outreach, we got a different group. So again, and we only get them as the parents. Release right. them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, pause real quick. I have to get my charger. We'll oh, no worries. No so while she's getting her charger to, to the, your thought right now, we're trying to get them uh, to get more involved in school. If their okay. school does not have a Christian group, we're encouraging them to start one. And all they have That's to good. go. Yes. All they have to do is go to an adult, a teacher and say, hey, I want to start this group. So that is what we're trying to implement. And we're also trying to implement more small groups because we understand the challenges that they have, that, you know, everything that comes their way. So the merging, we're hoping to see that, you know, from church, because the the students that we have, yeah, they go to the same school. Some of them go to the same schools. Uh Now, do they deal with each other at the the school? I don't know. Right. Well, because, you know, I was talking to... So my daughter, her new middle school, that she was like, yeah. I said, do you ever see so-and-so at school? They're like, no, we never see each other just because <laughs> schools are so big, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's important that they, two things, it's important that they do um, connect with, with people, with other believers, but also take a leadership role in changing, you know, the the approach at the school, you know, or the environment at the school by leading in some, as an athlete, uh, we used to be a part of a fellowship of Christian athletes, right? FCA. FCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you would look for opportunities in clubs where, okay, now I understand. And now I met a couple of brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's very important. But, you know, also fellowshipping with other uh, Christians, especially young Christians, it gives them almost like a fire to to dive deeper into Christianity, dive deeper into the word, into their relationship with God, because they see someone else who is sold out. Like it's been plenty of times for like summer camp or like a concert that they go to, sometimes rock the universe. Uh, with all the stuff that we do uh, with other teens, they look and be like, wow, that person is like completely spent. Like they're going all in and no right. like one around them. Yeah. Maybe I could do the same. And we've seen that transformation our first time at summer camp, them okay. being around like-minded mm-hmm. individuals who are there for the purpose of praising God. And they got to the front and started dancing and jumping. And our kids were looking around like, uh, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> By day two or three, they mm-hmm. ran to the front as soon as they said it was time for praise and worship. They were praying over people. And it's contagious when you see people yeah. And, and like-minded individuals that's your age yeah. actually doing what you see your leadership doing. And right. then you see, I can do that too. It's not beyond me. And even yeah. though we tell them, you know, there's people in the Bible, Thomas, who was young and they, they, they did a lot of good things and age wasn't a factor. It's different hearing than it is seeing. And once they see that there are other teens that's at a whole new level of a of surrender, yeah. it gives them the opportunity to say, I, I can surrender too. I think yeah. I can let go of some of the control that I'm keeping and and just let it be because this other person right next to me is just so into it. Like right. they have no clue. I'm standing right here. All right, cool. Let me just go into it and see what it's like. And then we had a few kids come up to us and be like, I I, I said something and I don't know what I said. And Miss Val said, Oh, you just you were speaking in tongues. <laughs> it was like that's what that was. It was like I'm shaking. I was on fire, and this it was like all types of testimonies after testimony, and right. that comes from them being around other students who are Christian. 
Yeah, it's when you, you know, sometimes we've all seen that team that they don't care where they at. Listen, right. hey, we need to pray. Well, we've all seen that adult and be like, uh, you know, we just had the movies. He's like, sir, I, uh, yep. before you give me the ticket, the Lord said, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but it's, it, it gives you, you start to question, you know what? They're on fire, mm-hmm. right? The Bible says we're, we're to spur one another to good works, right? So when you yeah. see those people, you start to say, you know what? I could be better like i could be more consumed with yeah. god's word and what, what god is doing is that is that uh is peer pressure because i think peer pressure can be negative or positive but right. when you're in the right situation then it just becomes hey let us serve the lord right yes that's super exciting super exciting well listen um i'm trying to think did i did I miss a important question as a parent? So what are some questions that parents may have asked you that you're like, you know what? I wish I could just tell all the parents, you know, here's something that that you should know. I don't think we could. I think pretty much all the parents really know because they are parents. But okay. if I had to tell them something, because this is your show, Bible in Real Life. Right. What does that look like rearing our teens, our students in real life? Mm-hmm. It looks like the parent being the exampleship they expect from their their, their children. Uh, the Bible in real life is when they fail, like Miss Cece said, having those teaching moments in those failures That's rather good. than the consequences of a punishment instead. Also allowing the church to come in and help and maybe speak with them because it takes a village. That's good. Uh, and even the parents being open and transparent because those students, they come and they tell us all. Mm-hmm. When when I, so this is <laughs> confession time. I'm telling you, my podcast is kind of confession time with Lee. But <laughs> I remember when I would minister to some kids and um, the children would let let me know what's going on in the household. In the house, yes. Right? Yes. And I would tell the parents, hey, listen, you may not realize it, but like you said, they are watching. And their view of authority, their view of what the church looks like, their view of love, because Mm -hmm. some parents are quick to say, the Bible says, honor your mother and father so that you have long life. I, I know that verse, right? But I also know that the Bible tells us to, um, not embitter. make your kids angry. Um, not embitter our children. Right. Like we're supposed to be, number one, an example of someone that's honorable and worth following. So we live according to Christ and we shouldn't, you know, provoke your children to wrath. Right. We shouldn't, yep. you know, yes. stir up and just intentionally yes. be, um, you know, you have to listen to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not being honorable. I'm not being fair, et cetera. Um, yes. So we want to be that example that is honorable so that uh, I, I used to tell parents when God was speaking to Samuel, Samuel went to Eli because parents many times, your 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 authority figure many times sounds like God to that kid so we have to make sure that when they go from listening to us to listening directly to god there is that hey my parent was a a comforting loving corrective voice and god is also a comforting loving correcting voice there should Mm -hmm. be a seamless transition from listening to eli to listening to god Mm -hmm. from listening to parent to hearing god because we yep. don't have them always. That's yeah. good. Yes. Good stuff. Well, I have enjoyed myself. And, you know, I took notes. I took <laughs> notes because, you know, I, I'm the parent that, you know, I control the internet at the house. So at a certain time, I hit the button. I'm like, hey, oh, ain't nobody going to respond. Ain't nobody, nobody here talking. Everything shut down. TVs, pause, everything. Uh, daddy talking right now, right? <laughs> um, but 
I also need to go and see what it is that they are looking at or what they are doing, being yeah. more actively involved. It's like, yeah. I don't care what you're doing. I'm talking right now. Now, granted, they should know when I'm talking, but <laughs> I also <laughs> should say, so tell me more about this. My daughter said that, who's your favorite YouTuber? And I was like, Ooh, well, yeah. whoever was talking about whatever I was researching, right? That's hey, when teaching how to do Final Cut. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. know it was a, a thing, but mm -hmm. I say, well, why do you like watching this person so much? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So trying to get involved and be up to date with their technology. I and then so. explaining to them the dangers of technology. You okay. have trolls on the internet and social media on TikTok that troll to look yeah. for vulnerability. So it's explaining and teaching them that as well to make the people laughing. <laughs> it up more. No, I'm laughing because I got a story. I got a oh, story Lord. <laughs> in a video game. In a video game, my, um, you know, like you could buy little, you could buy little, with real money, you could yeah. buy like little pets and little toys and stuff to upgrade your video game. So yeah. my daughter had a, my daughter had a person to ask to see if she could use her little video thing. So she said, yeah, no problem. I will sign it over to you, kind of share it with you. And the person, once he shared it, she shared it with the person, the person left the game. And then they um, went to another world and my daughter followed her to another world and then the person left altogether. So stole her stuff. Right now, I say in my life, this has happened, but it was like, Hey, can I ride your bike? Right, and then don't come back with bicycle. Right, let me borrow that tape. Let me, right, right. Hey, hey, let me borrow that, and then they never get it back. So I said, Okay, it's the same lessons that we have to teach them, but they're experiencing it in a technological yes, in world, a virtual world, in a yes. virtual world. Yes. So I said, okay, it's the same lessons. I just yeah. can adapt it to how they experience it in this. Somebody in this stole virtual. from her. Oh my yeah. god! Super rare, <laughs> special pet in thing. her own home in the experience the world. <laughs> oh, she said, "I didn't want to tell you because you know she she used some of her allowance to buy the thing." She said, I didn't want to tell you because because you're going to be like, don't buy none of that stuff anymore. <laughs> but we still have to train them. Yes. They're in a, another um, virtual world, but yes. the same lessons apply. Yes. So now I'm learning to, I'm not so different. Look it's at that. A new application. Bible in real life. Theft and technology. Listen, and listen. nothing is new under the sun. Isn't exactly. that the word? That's so the word. it may be in a different form. And um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about real quick um is to apologize. Mm. I don't know if parents apologize. That's a takeaway right there for a parent. But if you did something wrong, if you were wrong in a situation, apologize and yes. show them what that apology looks yes. like. Yes. Because we want them to apologize to us when they do wrong. Yes. But we're not willing to apologize to them yes. when they when, when you know when we do wrong. So uh I learned that with the teens on my on my part. Because one student was like, I don't think you like me. I was like, What? I love you. Of course I love you. And she was like, Well, you always give me this look and and you know, whatever. And it's a place <laughs> like I'm watching you type of look, but she took it a different way. And mm. I was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know you got it that way. So from now on, when I see you, I'm going to smile. And she held me to it. <laughs> but every time I yeah. saw her, I smiled every single time. And it fostered a whole new relationship. But I apologize. Right. Even though I don't think I did anything wrong. Okay. But I took in what she said. And I saw it for what she interpreted as. And I apologized and changed it. So uh, apology is, is learned as well. It's not yeah. exactly taught all the time but it's learned my That's parent good. would apologize especially my mom she'll apologize if she was wrong it may take her a second she has to process <laughs> but she'll come back and say you know what i thought about it i was wrong 
right. and, and we move on from there. But if you never hear I was sorry or I was wrong, yes. I can't, you can't expect them to do the same because they yes. don't. Yeah. And then they be like, you know, and they tell us all the time, like Miss Val said earlier, mm -hmm. we learn everything. So they see everything. They hear right. everything. And they'll right. come to us and be like, can you believe she X, Y, Z? And then they didn't apologize, but then came back and did this and told me. <laughs> and they're wearing, they're trying to defend the parents, you know, because the Bible, you, you have to honor. And then right. it becomes a challenge. How do we get them to see that they're still to walk in honor regardless? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the main thing. It was on my mind. Yeah, that's a good, no, that's you know, good. That's good. <laughs> yes. You know, parents I, I, Yeah. Big takeaways from today. And I am so glad I, um, you all gave up of your time to, to help all the listeners and the parents that may be concerned about how do I train up my teen in the way they should go and what are perspectives that I should, be, that I should have when dealing with my teen. So thank you very much. And thank you for the work that you are doing with the body of church is future, right? Yeah. You know, they believe the children are not future, right? But literally, uh, if they're the children of the world, they're also the children of the churches. These ones that you're pouring into will be the future leaders at churches around mm -hmm. the world. So yeah. I want to say thank you for, you know, being used of God in that, in that service and in that position. All right? Amen. Well, My thank pleasure. you for having us. I surely, yes. surely enjoyed it. If you are not following, um, uh, what's the what's the Instagram page for the youth ministry, team ministry, Ignite Team Ignite Students at Love CC at Love First Christian Center. We'll be happy. That's I'm sure Instagram. someone will be happy to connect with you um, because we're all working together to make sure that the teams uh, will be ready for leading the future church. All right. Well, I want to say thank you to the guests that were that are here, and uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you share the podcast. And this day, see how you can apply the Bible in your life, in real life. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, everybody.